Welcome to another Emotipod with me, your host, Frances Butt. This podcast started out as a celebration and exploration of the arts and emotions, as those of you who've been listening for a while will know. But what happens if we sink into such emotional distress that we become almost unreachable? It can be extremely frightening. The arts alone can't always get us through a major crisis or a deep depression. And it's so ironic, isn't it, that just when we need help the most, we're at our most self-isolated and often therefore unwilling to seek that help. Mental Health First Aid is a relatively recent movement created in Australia in the year 2001 by a husband and wife team, nurse Betty Kitchener and mental health literacy professor Anthony Jorm. I first heard mention of it about five years ago, but it was only a couple of months back that I met the very lovely Fabiola Duano, who is both an accredited provider and a trainer of mental health first aid. Fabi moved to England from Peru in 2006 to live with her British husband and now their children. I was very keen to learn more about Mental Health First Aid, MHFA for short, from someone who really knows about it. So here's Fabi. Let's talk about Mental Health First Aid. So first of all, could you... Give us an idea of what's involved in mental health first aid. What is it and what, how does it work? Well, mental health first aid, uh, when we talk about physical health and you ask anyone, they could tell you a lot of things. Okay, what do you know about your physical health? Uh, you need to drink a lot of water. Uh, you need to look after yourself, know what things you need to eat, what things you don't. If you break a bone, you go and then you just have it cured or plastered and then you are recovered. And we haven't spoken much about mental health in a long time. And I think nowadays, thanks goodness, is more uh, something that really exists and it's always been there. Yeah. So we all have health. We all have physical health and we all have mental health. Our whole health is both. It's both of them. Mm-hmm. So if one of them is not okay, then we're not okay. And sometimes we also we use mental health as something negative and really it's not. When we talk about health in right. general... Yeah, that is not a good yeah. or a bad thing. It's yeah. health. Yeah. So mental health is all that is related to. I always say it's that spiritual resilience that we have. Oh, to spiritual cope. resilience. I like that. Yeah, I mean it's it's it's, it's what helps us cope not just with bad things or difficult times in our lives, but it helps us as well enjoy the things that we like. Right. I like that too. <laughs> so it, it, it's it's a whole really. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. if we are struggling with our mental health we can also struggle with our physical health. Mm-hmm. I mean, for example, anxiety, we go through anxiety oh, and anxiety sure. disorder. Yeah. We could have some uh, physical oh, yeah. um, connotations in there. I mean, for example, do you know that diarrhea could be a part of an yeah. anxiety disorder? Yeah. And some people think, oh, I ate something that mm-hmm. didn't, didn't go Stress. well with me. And it could be anxiety yeah. or urinary frequency, you know, um, right. heart palpitations. Oh, palpitations. Yeah. Uh, we think we might have a heart problem, but it could be anxiety. Yeah, yeah. So it's all related, and it's the way that we cope with ups and downs in life. Yeah. And and sometimes it's more difficult than others. We are not okay all the time, and it depends on life events, you know. Uh, so um, life events like bereavement can trigger yes. a, a mental health crisis. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, yeah, so mental health crises are where the mental health first aid comes in. 
So yeah, how can um, that help? Mental health first aid is the support we give to someone who could be maybe in a crisis, as you said, or maybe struggling with their mental health. Okay. Uh, we have struggles. Yeah. Um, when we talk about crisis and mental health, mm. uh, the main one is when someone is suicidal, when someone's yeah. about to take their own lives. Yeah. There are different crises in mental health. I mean, someone having maybe a panic attack, that is yeah. another crisis, right. or someone having a psychotic episode, right. uh, so then we support them in that, uh-huh. or someone who just had a traumatic experience. Yeah. But also, so obviously, a mental health person, we support them in a situation like that. We call paramedics, we call other professionals to come and help in okay. there. Uh, in the case of panic attacks as well, we think that it may not be a panic attack. It could be maybe a heart attack. Right. So we may need an ambulance to okay. call. But a mental health person supports them in this, but also supports them in when, when we're struggling. We don't need to be in a crisis. Okay. So maybe I'm not feeling well today. I don't know what's going on. Something has happened. Maybe I'm struggling with different things at home or at work. And then talking to someone could help yeah. anyone. Yeah. So in mental health first aid, we could give that support they need with confidentiality. Okay. Just a conversation. We don't cure. We don't diagnose. No. We don't tell them what to do mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of treatments or therapies. Yeah. Because we are not professionals in that. We we are just mental health first aiders. Well, first aiders, yeah. And, and what we do is we talk to them. We listen to them. We maybe try to understand them as much as we can because you can never understand anyone 100%. No, sure. But as much as we can, we uh-huh. show empathy for them. We practice active listening. And we signpost them. If we believe that they need professional support, a GP, I don't know, a professional, or we, we help them find other ways of support, maybe um, charities or talking groups where they can go. Mm-hmm. So that kind of thing, we can help them. So signposting meaning a recommendation to refer them to exactly. professional help, whatever. Yeah. Because sometimes we are not enough. Sure. It depends on the severity. Yeah. Sometimes just a conversation could make the other person feel better. Mm-hmm. If you think about that, sometimes when we keep things in our heads, mm-hmm. things things seem worse than they are. Of course, yeah. And sometimes we have this phrase, and I've said it many times, oh, it sounded better in my head. But now that I said it, it's not really that. Oh, right. That yeah, of course. Yes, so, absolutely. Um, Articulating it. Yeah, so huge, sometimes, yeah. yeah, sometimes when we talk about things, we realize that actually, oh, this is not that bad. Or maybe yeah. I could find a solution. Yeah. Maybe by talking to the other person, it's like, oh, wow, yeah. We don't have to fix things when we listen to someone. No. And sometimes when we are talking to someone, we make that mistake and we start thinking, oh, what advice am I going to give them when they finish talking? <laughs> and by thinking about the amazing advice that we're going to give, we're not, you're not listening. listening. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We're not listening properly. Yeah. So we start trying to be clever yeah. or trying to help them, trying to support them. When most of the time, they all want you to listen and to care for them. Of course. So at the end, we could say, oh, I'm really sorry, and let's be Let's show empathy for what they're going through. Try to understand what they are, they may be feeling and then ask, how can I help you? Is there anything I can do for you? Yeah. Would you like to see where we could find some support? And then we'll start getting together some sorts of support. Absolutely. So is there a certain environment that you practice in that you or you're just available as a first aider where you see anyway. somebody might need some help so you just anywhere you see yeah. it is that how that works what i what i my knowledge um when i know i i use this in family members in mm. my daughter 
when she was only nine sure. and then due to COVID, what she's saying now, due to COVID, she has started to, to be more anxious because many children or yeah, adults, it's a huge thing. they are more kind of afraid. They, they feel anxious about what's coming after. Mm-hmm. So it's supporting my own child through mm-hmm. this. Brilliant. And then at work, I mean, I've been delivering mental health safety courses in different organizations. So you train people now? I do. I do train people. Great. And I always get in every group that I go, I mean, it doesn't matter if they are the receptionists or they are the, the managers of the organization. Everybody have gone either themselves, family or someone they know, they are going or they have gone through a mental health difficulty. Yeah, of course. And it's something that is part of everybody. Yes. And they have conversations with me and I try to listen to them and they try to, after the course, when they become first aiders, mental health first aiders, they kind of understand themselves better. Right. Because it opens your eyes. Uh, it's like, oh my goodness, I, that's me. I gone through that or I'm going through all mm. of that or that is my child. Oh goodness me, that's what my wife, my husband, my partner yeah. are going through or this colleague at work. Oh gosh, I've noticed these signs, you know? So that's something that you. So it's training, it's training to notice. As much anywhere. As, yeah, yeah, Even yeah. in the bus station, train station, you know, we could save lives yeah. with this knowledge. Yes, yeah. Follow your guts. I mean, you'll see someone by in the train station just checking on the trains and, and then you could stop someone from taking their own lives. Oh, boy, yeah. And a conversation, just talking. Samaritans has very good um short videos about these and one of them is this woman going to a man who seems to be kind of suicidal, and she just starts talking about the weather, and it's just it just breaking yeah. that moment that they have, and it's just it's a starting that, conversation. Yeah, it's an interrupting. The interrupting, yeah. yeah. Obviously, they need professional support after that, because, well, they try it now. Of course. They could try but it this again, is the, yeah. but that's the start. That the moment beginning. is important, yeah. As a mental health facility, we're not enough, but we can, we can save lives. We can support people. Yeah. And, um, it's, there's something really important to remember, which is following up. Because right. I speak to someone now. Oh, well, I did my job. That's everything. Yeah, I'm okay, done. Bye. And then bye. Nice to meet you. You know, <laughs> we need to keep yeah, yeah. talking to them. And then because sometimes a person with a mental health difficulty or a mental health struggle yes. or a condition, they're not going to be feeling bad one day. Sorted. And then, oh, thank you. I'm sorted now. Yeah, you know. <laughs> We need to keep following up, mm-hmm. just saying, how are you doing? How are things today? And just keep, it could take years, months, mm-hmm. I don't know. Just keep following up and just keep talking to people, making them feel that, that we care. Yes. And I always tell my delegates when I'm delivering my courses, learning about mental health per state is really learning a bit more how to be a better human being. Absolutely. Because we all go through that. Yeah, we all have it. I've got a question in my mind now because we tend to be better at seeing other people's difficulties than our own. So I wonder whether you have ever, it sounds like quite a potentially onerous task to be Mm. involving yourself in someone else's pain, really. And so, and it sounds like you're very busy and you're a parent and, you know, delivering courses like that. You're sort of opening yourself. If you're empathetic, then you do, you're open, you're open, which has a degree of vulnerability to it. So do you ever, does it bring a difficulty of its own sometimes that you need support from someone else with? That's a very good point that you touch in that. 
And I think it's a very important one. Right. Yes, we become vulnerable when we mm. support other mm. people. I've had a close friend of mine who was going through a difficult time and the way she was starting, she was suicidal. She was actually the reason I started this journey. Uh-huh. I became a mental health crusader some years ago. And, um, and yes, after you have that conversation of your supporting someone, you need to look after yourself. Yeah. Self-care yeah. is really important. Mm-hmm. And I do tell my delegates about that because you are important, as important as the other people you're helping. Sure. So talk to other people that you know that could understand you. They don't need to be mental health crusaders. It could be mm-hmm. a good friend, a husband, a wife, a partner, or a family member, or a, someone that you can talk to. Mm-hmm. And just tell them how you feel because it's, it's, it's a lot. And if someone, for example, especially if they talk about something as strong as suicide, mm-hmm. it's something that could be quite triggering. And you need to be kind of strong next to the person in the way that you need to be calm and you need to try to protect them. Yes. And then after that, you need to look after yourself. Of course. Any conversation or any any situation when you are supporting someone, you feel good, of course, by talking and helping them. But at the same time, you need to do self-care. It, and you can't help it, really, can you? Exactly, you the pain. Yeah. It's just talking about doing things you like. Yeah. I mean, if you like to have a bath, just relax, have a bath, and mm-hmm. just do things for you. The and other thing is confidentiality, mm-hmm. isn't it? Because if you're talking to someone in confidence, they're talking to you in confidence, and you can't yeah. go saying, I might do a friend of yours, well, this person has been just, you know, and tell them all exactly. about you. don't you feel can. that's right, do mm-hmm. you? So you, you yes. can, I mean, you are really right. I mean, you need to always uh, keep confidentiality mm-hmm. unless it's a crisis. Mm-hmm. But if you are talking to someone, Obviously, you wouldn't say who you were talking to. The name, the address. Just, just say how you feel. You know, I, sure. I, I just feel a bit like I need to talk about how I'm mm. feeling at the moment. I'm supporting someone, and this is. Um, I just want to. I just want to take it out or doing something you like. Maybe start reading a book, relaxing, something and do else, yeah. meditation mm-hmm. and all things. I mean, in my case, I do the five senses meditation, nice. which I love doing. Nice. A lot. It's just amazing how much you can see around you. Yeah. Just finding everything with your five senses. I mean, in my house itself, when I started doing this, I've noticed that picture that was all the time in my lounge. <laughs> now you really look. And then I, I, I looked it properly. Yeah. And I realized there was this, an, an extra person little on the, on, oh, on the, oh, on nice. the corner. And no, I was like, well, oh, it didn't, it was a tiny thing in there. Yeah. And it's when you start really looking at things properly. Yeah. Went out and I started to look at the houses and the, I'm really lucky to have green arrows around my house. Mm. And it's just looking at that properly, feel it, listening to things, smelling and all the five senses. Yeah. It's really powerful. So mm-hmm. this is one of the main things that I use after I support someone or any time that I'm not feeling well right. or I just need to look after myself mm-hmm. and just looking after yourself often really. It's not, it's not being selfish. No. It's a necessity. Mm-hmm. And I always tell them that you need to look after yourself and it's not an act of selfishness. Because if you don't look after yourself, how are you going to look after someone else? Oxygen mask. The oxygen mask. And yeah. I, yes, that's, that's the, the main classic. example. Yeah, yeah. The classic one. Yeah. Nice if you cannot breathe, how are you going to help other people breathing? So yeah. you just need to do that. But this knowledge, yes. this breaking of a stigma, Absolutely. because there's so much stigma. Absolutely. And I'm so passionate about it. I want everybody to know about well, it. Exactly. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, me too. And and the the value of emotional engagement and understanding and self-knowledge and 
to just be more comfortable with all emotions and yeah i think if you understand things a bit more you can help more sometimes people don't help not because they don't care people don't help because they don't know how to yeah exactly so sometimes in the case for example suicide and in the past i mean that's why i took the course when a friend of mine was going through that a colleague of mine i was afraid that if i spoke to her she would take her own life you know i was like yeah maybe if i entertain it feels her, like a risk uh, let's go have fun let's have okay. let's let's go have some drinks and just she would forget about it i thought but no it didn't she was getting worse and then i, I thought I need to know. And when I learn about it... So this is why you started. That's that how it started. That's the reason. Wow. And it was nothing to do with me. Because at that time, I thought sure. I was that ignorant. You didn't know what time. you were seeing. Yeah. I thought mental health was for other type of people. I mean, <laughs> other type of people that had nothing to do with me. And I was so wrong. It did open my eyes of in course. a way that you cannot un- you cannot believe. So how long ago was this, Fabi? Uh, that was just about five years ago now. Mm-hmm. Game changer. We are all in the complete game changer. And I made this my life. And that's why I'm so passionate because I could relate myself. I had panic attacks once in centuries and I didn't know what was happening to me. And during the course, I thought, oh my goodness, this is what I had. Yeah. I went through postnatal depression with my first son. So I understood myself so much when I was doing this course. And I thought, Everybody should know this. So it's, I think it's something that we, we need to learn as, as we do for physical health. You know? Absolutely. Oh, speaking of physical health, have you done physical first aid as well? I have, yeah. Ah, I mean, obviously that you said earlier, if you are dealing with someone with a mental health crisis and you, it could be a heart attack and you, it's very good to be able to see yeah. the difference and to be able to do something about that or get the right help for that yeah i mean sometimes even we, when you have someone having a panic attack you cannot be sure right and just follow your gut yeah and call an ambulance, well a panic attack yeah. can lead to a heart attack so you yeah you just and don't know do you yeah. just just don't i mean sometimes a person has a panic disorder right which is an anxiety disorder in which they have panic attacks mm. so in that case they know how to deal with that they okay so <laughs> the best way to help them is asking them have you had it before and if they say Yes, yes, I do have panic. So how can I help you? Mm-hmm. And just do whatever they ask yeah, you to yeah. do. That's the way you help them. Mm-hmm. I mean, in one occasion, when I supported someone having a panic attack, she said, in my bag, my coloring book and my coloring pencils, oh. get them out, please. And then she's, and that's the so, way she was calming down. She was shaking her, and yeah. she said, just leave me, let me be. So I, I, I let her in there and, and, cool. and just was keeping an eye on her. And that's the way she was mm. cooling down. And there was another one, I was in, actually in school. A girl said, Miss, I do have panic attacks and I'm starting now. Then I said, well, how can I help you? She said, I just need to go out of the class when nobody's watching me and I will calm down myself. Mm. Okay, well, just do that. I was keeping an eye on her, but that is the way that she she calms herself down. Mm. They know that. Absolutely. It's not us saying, oh, no, that's not what I, I help, you know? <laughs> What helps me is this, so you should yeah, do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. We're not helping there. So yeah. it's just, sometimes it's just helping them the way they want us to help. So they will help us to help them. Yeah. So that's how we do. But if you don't know, if they said, no, I haven't had this before, I don't know what's happening to me, and you are not sure, call an ambulance. Sure. It's not a waste of ambulance. No. Because they will take, they will take the pulse, they will check them and all that. Because sometimes panic mm-hmm. attacks happen because of a physical 
situation. Right. Like in my case, it was gallbladder, and I didn't know what it was, and then right. you get a panic attack because you think you're dying. Well, that's really important. Sometimes it's good. That's why yeah. the ambulance. It's really important. Well, this have. is the thing about the intertwined mind body. There is no difference, really. Mm. Ultimately, I mean, we say mental health first aid and physical first aid, but actually, it's all one body, all it's one all mind, one. all one everything. So. How could you not be in distress when you've got a gallbladder crisis? <laughs> I suppose, you know, it makes sense ultimately. Yeah. Or... I thought I was dying. Yeah. I thought yeah. I was not going to see my family anymore. Oh, I was going to die. Wow. Anyway. How frightening. I think it's at that time. That girl <gasps> that came, she was a mental health crusader and she helped me. How brilliant. The only place to sit was in the toilet. So I had to sit <laughs> on the toilet seat, but she was with me. Great. And the magic Privacy. words, the magic words she told me were, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to stay with you here. And she asked me if she could hold my hand. And I said, yes, please. And that was the best thing she could do for me. That I was so scared. And I thought I was dying. Brilliant. And then she didn't move from there. She tried to, she tried to get my husband who was in the, in the garden making noise with, uh, with all the tools and stuff and trying to get the ambulance and all, and all that. So she was there with me. And that was really nice. She was calmed. Mm. And that's the main thing. Every time we support someone, we need to be but as she, calm as we she can. gave you belief that you were going to get help. Yeah. 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 And, and even if I had, if I died then, I wasn't going to be alone. Absolutely. Because I was so scared. That's brilliant. I was so scared and I didn't know what was happening. <clears throat> so, so that was, that was a really strong experience in my life. Absolutely. I might, yeah. I've got a strong experience to tell you. Mm-hmm. And I've never, uh, I've never put this in a podcast before, but I had a serious thing happens a serious sexual assault, very, very serious. And I had a victim support counsellor who was a genius. I only saw her twice and she told me she was going to finish uh, because she'd done a couple of years and it was very tough to, you know, victims of sexual crimes, very difficult to deal with. And she'd already had her <laughs> episode, but she was so good. And she said to me, what's happened to you is so terrible. No one will ever know exactly what, 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 but she said, you don't have to live there and you don't have to be defined by it mm-hmm. and you don't have to be, that's your identity now, broken, damaged, victim. You don't have to do that. This happened to you and it's terrible, but you, d- you honestly, you don't have to stay there forever and you do need to deal with this, but you don't have to be, that's you now. And it was the best news because you assume, you know, you get the headlines in the tabloids, mm. destroyed lives. Actually, I'm still alive, you know, and so I needed to hear that. <clears throat> That's it was a giving me hope yeah. that I that I was not broken, I mean, damaged, yes, bruised, yeah, but not destroyed, not hopeless, just the right news at the right moment. And you make the decision who you want to be. Yeah, well, I was given that because I didn't realise there was an option. Mm. It's like you meet people sometimes who don't know that it is permitted to be happy. Mm. You are entitled to be happy. You don't have to earn it or it's if you've never been told somehow. It's okay, you know, have fun. Sometimes, sometimes things like that, that we take for granted, that kind of message or that kind of little advice that you think, oh, it's not that important. It could be the key Just for you in that to moment. Recover. Absolutely. And even if you had a very difficult experience, mm-hmm. you learn from it. Oh, you for build, sure. You build that resilience. For sure. And it makes you be a better person than the one you were before. Mm. A stronger one. A person who, yes, was at the bottom, 
but they can get up. Yeah. And there are going to be moments when these circumstances may come back to you, may come back to your mind. You may go down a bit, but you will have the resilience to go up. And yeah. we all need as well a network of family, friends, supports around us yeah. that understand us, that, that care for us and help us in these in these moments. So that's what we need to be surrounded Absolutely. by. Absolutely. So you need the you need the support and you need the proof that you can survive this. And well, the, thank you for sharing that today. Yeah, oh no, no, thank you. you. You've never yeah. said that in a podcast, but that that means a lot that you are able now to talk about that. Oh yeah, it's some it's difficult. It's funny this um yeah, that the 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 crime is so bad that um people get very uncomfortable when you talk about it. So I don't talk about the details of the crime because it's really it bad. So the person. Yeah, yeah. You can talk about your experience if you feel like for many people, for many of us, it helps talking about that. Oh yeah, it hurt does, but it doesn't help so I my experience is what I've learned is that it makes other people extremely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so you um you've got to be careful who you have this conversation with and when. Yeah, it's tricky. It's Mm -hmm. tricky because you then carry this uh, responsibility to not upset other people. (laughs) It's part of what goes with it, you know. It depends who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing yours because, you know, that is a scene on the toilet in (laughs) Sainsbury's or sitting on the toilet seat in Sainsbury's, but having the help. In the, yeah, having the help and having in the moment, yeah. getting what you need. And it was, I remember that girl helping me and and I see myself doing that as well nowadays. Mm. And I can help people. And it's really nice mm. to be able to to help other people, it's to wonderful. understand things a bit better and just to help them. You're paying it forward. Mm. So it's, yeah, Beautiful. she was a good role model, actually. And so. now you are. Hopefully. <laughs> that was so good. Thank you, Fabi. That was well, so thank great. You for this. Thank you. <laughs> nice talking to you. Before I wrap up here, I just want to make a clarification with regard to what I said about a very bad sexual assault. All sexual assault is very bad. I would never want to undermine anyone else's bad experience. Bad things that happen to us are very individual, and no one else can ever know what you've been through, which is part of the loneliness of the whole thing. And I stand in solidarity with survivors of any and all kinds of abuse. Huge thanks to Fabi for explaining what mental health first aid is and giving such great examples of how it can help people through challenging times. Our British stiff upper lip culture is being chipped away at, but it still persists, and there's still much work to be done to destigmatize needing help and reaching out for it. If you'd like to find out how you can train to be a mental health first aid provider, there are details about MHFA in England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland and internationally, all separate websites, in the links to this podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening. Listening.